Episode 392 of After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. I was going to come on here and uh, just kind of talk about being, I don't want to really want to say the word stranded, but I guess, you know, with the driving band and stuff, I spent the last few days, I guess I wouldn't say trapped, but yeah. definitely hunkered down, let's say. And uh, But doesn't that feel good, though, a little bit? Just a little bit. I won't lie to you. I won't lie to you. The last couple of days have actually been pretty nice. It's just been uh, my son and I, and uh, we went out uh, grocery shopping on Friday and absolutely just completely loaded up the fridge and got some big steaks and, you know, got ready to rock and roll for, for a few days being locked down. And, and my life has been, my life has been pretty on the go lately, you know? And so to be, I guess just kind of locked down at home and not have anywhere to go or anyone to see or anything has just been, I mean, it's been actually quite, uh, quite rejuvenating to, to, yeah. be, to be completely honest with you. So I, I learned a few new tricks of the trade. Absolutely kicked my kid's ass in Madden. Okay. I've never played Madden before in my life ever. <laughs> I pick up the controller. I pick up Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas that's City. No, that's when you know you're bored when you're playing video games. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Kill them in FIFA. <laughs> it's just been a, it's been an interesting few days. We start talking this morning about um, the Sabres game the other day. You're like, hey, did you see the Vancouver game. No, I, and, I, before we get there, I, I, I know where you're going with this. Can I just bring a, a little side note before we before we get going? Yes, of course. So I know you're 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 a you're you're on Twitter all the time. I wouldn't say all the time, but I Oh, you're on there all the time. Like, oh my God. You know what's I've amazing? Never seen, you, never seen a guy me, more, more you on Twitter. Send me everything from social media, which I don't know why I'm getting so defensive, but it's like you you say this in such a condescending way that I will follow it up with you send me because I'm only allowed on my phone. A certain amount go to, of time. Go to Facebook and send us all these Facebook things, and go ahead. It's so called it's called working. It's called mm. working. I want you to be versed on things that are going on out there. But I know that you're pretty up on all this stuff, and uh, you, you know what's going on. Um, but there's this guy who works for Barstool Sports Pittsburgh. Are you, you're, you're giving me the look right now. So there's a guy that works for Barstool Sports. He's here in I Buffalo. I think his name is Kevin Adams. His name is Kevin Adams. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. So did I. I thought this was a joke. So and the more and more I started like reading into it and, and watching his videos, he's basically, you know, calling out buffalo and how soft this city is because he's downtown so i'm in clarence watching his videos go on and i'm in clarence and there's literally not a snow in the sky it snowed a little bit but there's 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 nothing happening out here okay this jackwad kevin adams not the real kevin adams but the kevin adams from pittsburgh sends out a video basically calling all of buffalo soft and what I loved about it the most is there was a guy who responded to him who worked for a radio station. I do not know the radio station. I apologize to this guy. What's the guy's name? 
I, I, I don't, I don't know um, what his name is, but right, so I do on. know that there was a, 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 a guy that works for a radio station that was down at the stadium. Yeah. He's like, listen, Kevin, apparently what you don't understand is there's lake, uh, snow lake effect, you know, conditions down here. He's videoing and showing the stadium and, and the wind is gusting. Well, I live like, right I there. Mean, I'm, right. I'm in, or- I'm in Orchard Park. And you're so, in one, right? You're so in I, one. So I see this guy posting this and I look at his time and I'm like, all right, this guy's doing an unbelievable job just riling everybody up. Right. Everybody up. That's exactly what he's doing. And, and everyone was biting on it. it it's... Listen, he obviously knows he works for stadium, Barstool Sports. Yeah, the stadium is twelve you miles that? from Buffalo. The stadium is twelve miles from Buffalo. Yeah, okay? twenty minutes. So, so he's just stirring the pot and trying to piss everybody off. And look at what's happened. Now we're talking about Kevin Adams, the other Kevin Adams on our podcast. I think he did a great job riling everybody up. I think he did an excellent job riling everybody up. Hook, line, and sinker, though, right? The old 100%. hook, line. Listen, once you know, the I, only person that gets a W here for 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 anything is that guy, because he stood there and he got everybody riled up. Every single person responded to this guy who was just trying to be a complete sarcastic dickhead. I I thought it was amazing because yeah, I, it was, I mean it was great. I. Again, I thought it was a joke because the guy was using Kevin Adams' name, okay? But his name is Kevin Adams. He's just from Pittsburgh, and he works for Barstool Sports. Soon as I looked him up and saw that he worked for Barstool Sports, I knew exactly. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing because that's what Barstool is about. It They're, they're the massive clickbait, you know, and... And they are controversial in the sense that they want to rile a fan base up. So this happens everywhere they go. There's people that work for Barstool Sports and they basically send out uh, tweets and videos from their accounts and they're, they're somewhat controversial stuff. And the Buffalo fans just lost their marbles. And I loved it. Hey, politicians were responding, media members, athletes, like... Just trying to, as this this guy was just, he was winning all day. This guy was, he must have sat trapped in his hotel. Okay, He must have sat trapped in his hotel and just been taking victory laps around his hotel room. Having all these people respond, biting to his lure in the water. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Good for anyway, him. I just, I had, I had to bring that up. I had to bring that up. I'm like, good for Kevin Adams from Pittsburgh. Um, and, 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 you know, he sent a tweet out literally after the video that he sent out that he had thousands and thousands and thousands of people like, um, retweeting him. And he sent the text out like literally like eight hours later after people just kind of went off. He goes, I might not even make it through the game tomorrow. He's like, I, I, he's like, I'm going to be surprised if I leave the stadium with how angry people are, um, blah, blah, blah. But I hope that people are smart and, uh, you know, don't do anything stupid. Yeah, with like some guy. things, this can all be in good fun. 
All right? Yeah, this like, can all nothing, be in good fun. Nothing needs to be taken to the next level. We don't need to be so offended. <laughs> I think that's everyone right. Around, I think everyone around here in Western New York understands and knows what we can endure as a community when it comes to weather. Take this in good fun. Let's not elevate this or escalate this to a to a matter where someone's going to get hurt. So, here's to Kevin Adams. Hopefully, he makes it out of the stadium okay. Injured in a car crash, rideshare accident, slip and fall, or even a construction accident. The only name you need to know is Salino Law. The only number to remember is eight. Want more money in your pocket after you've been injured? Just call Salino. Call the eights. 888 888 8888. Now for another Kevin Adams. What I was going to say before you rudely interrupted me for a conversation that was much more important. Okay, sorry. No, 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 no. Your conversation was, I think, more important. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we started talking about the game you asked me this morning. You're like, hey, did you see the Vancouver game? I was like, yes, I saw the Vancouver game. I watched the whole game. And I was actually going to come in with a, with a few positive notes about the game, just the game. But you can't exclude or you can't ignore, I'm sorry, just the reality of what we watched the other night. And, and this team is fucking embarrassing when it comes to protecting their own team and coming to the defense of their team and having players on this team that can actually stand up for one another. I don't know where else to go with that. I thought Power did a did a nice job. So it's funny that you say that. It's funny that you say that. <laughs> no, you can laugh. I detect your sarcasm because right before we came on, you were talking, you, you said the exact opposite. But it's funny that you say it just like that. Because the minute I witnessed that, I was like, oh, okay, wow. That was, wow, Owen Power went in and and. Dropped and dropped his gloves and grabbed the guy. I was like, for as pathetic as that was for a six foot five, two hundred and twenty pound human being to to handle someone like that, as pathetic as that was, that's besides the point. I put that aside for a second. Okay, I put that aside. Then I just said, but at least he responded. Then I see the replay, and his fucking gloves were still on. And then I hear people criticizing Dylan Cousins. Then I got a bone to pick with Dylan Cousins, too, because I think when Power Gun and their cousins could have come in right over the top and fucking absolutely taken control and started whooping some ass. But then I'm like, no, he doesn't have to do that. Like, I broke this down, okay? I broke this down. So when you make a comment like that, I actually did. I took it in, into account. I was like, you know what? At least he did something. But I'm so sorry I'm going to say this. When I saw Eric Johnson go out and challenge JT Miller, that is where I lost all respect for Kevin Adams and the way he built this team. Your Stanley Cup champion, the guy that you signed to come in here, overpaid to come in here and be your veteran leader, should not have been going out there and addressing this. 35 years old. I forgot to mention that. 35 years old has to go out and answer for your $11 million defenseman getting blatantly fucking elbowed in the head. And I'm going to tell you something else. The fact that the league didn't give more than that, the refs, that's an absolute joke. I I, I mean, how many times have we kind of talked about Darlene 
who is your franchise player, who's your highest paid player. He's an all-star defenseman in this league. He's a top five, top 10 minimum defenseman in the National Hockey League that literally gets abused constantly. And I can't, I, I, the only thing I think about is I think about how Rasmus Dahlin, who currently right now is playing in his, I think it's his sixth NHL season. Yes, I'm correct. Sixth NHL season. He has no idea what team toughness is. He has no idea. Like he's probably arguably one of the toughest kids that we have on this entire team. Rasmus Dahlin not only takes a lot of abuse because people know that if you're going to key on a player, you're going to key on Rasmus Dahlin. You're going to abuse him. That's kind of what good teams do is they understand that if, if I go after their best player, and try and, you know, irritate him, upset him, make him feel uncomfortable, then that's better for the for your own team. You I, I watched, you know, what, a game ago, two games ago, where uh Matt uh, uh Brady Kachuk is just mauling, mauling Rasmus Dahlin. Now you have now you have T uh JT Miller fly in with reckless abandon and not only hit him, but it is a clear cut elbow clear. And our response is a six foot six, 220 pound defenseman come in and Miller's gloves are off understanding the situation. Okay. That he had just murdered the top player on the Buffalo Sabres. So he's ready. He's not a fighter either. He's JT Miller will stick up for himself, but he's not a fighter. Okay. He's not dangerous. The gloves are off and we have our player. I don't even know what he did. I, I have no, I, I, I don't even Grabbed know. What he did. I've watched the Grabbed video. His arm. Grabbed his arm. Try to get him in like a headlock. I don't even like, how are your gloves not off? I read, I read on social media. Yes, but he's, he's probably never gotten in a fight. Well, you know what? You got to start somewhere, man, because this is a team. It's a team. And I go back, I go back and I don't blame Owen power. Blame Kevin Adams. Not the Kevin Adams from Pittsburgh. Our Buffalo born Kevin Adams. Because this team, just like Paul Hamilton spoke about the other day on WGR 550, this team is not assembled properly. And not only are we losing games, we're getting the shit kicked out of us. Yeah, Everywhere we can, go. Teams know they can do it. Teams know they can, they can do teams it. Know they there's, can do no, it. There's, there's no grit. Like there's that's, no... that's the response that... T- Players and teams and coaches will see when you elbow the best player on their fucking team in the head. Guys, when you elbow the best player on the team in your head, this is what's going to happen. Nothing. And yeah. then you're going to have to fight a 35-year-old guy who doesn't want to fight anyway. 
Yeah, but I want to give Eric Johnson a shit ton of credit though too, and I feel like I have to ignore yeah. that because right because he's thirty five and he's made millions of dollars and he's a Stanley Cup champion and you know I I don't even want to fast forward over that. He's on his last legs. Like this, uh, Eric Johnson guy, had has had a great this career. Guy, the fact that this guy did that and more players didn't go out and do something afterward. I have zero respect for this team. I want to make that clear. Talent-wise, wow. Wow, we got some talented players. But but I have zero respect for the Buffalo Sabres as a as a hockey team. It's not a fan, that's not a media guy. That's like as a that's as a as an opposing teammate or to opposing uh player on another team. Zero respect for this team. And that's how teams play against them. That's what JT Miller did. JT Miller showed exactly how much respect the Vancouver Canucks had for the Buffalo Sabres going into that game when he elbows Rasmus Dahlin right in the fucking head, two or five or nothing, nothing. After that, if JT Miller were were ejected from that game, I would have liked to believe that after you go and pound, pound them on the power play, that you go and you take matters into your own hands. It's never going to happen. It's yeah. never going to happen with a general manager that has a vision like this. It is a, it's an absolute shame. And you want to know what's best? You want to know what's best? Here's what the best part is. For me, the best part for me is that people are now starting to see it. I think the people that the people that are heavily in favor of the analytics and don't and all these things that we used to criticize about these things don't show up on uh, stat sheets. I think now they're even starting to see it. Yeah, I can tell you this for sure. The players on the Buffalo Sabres are also beginning to see it. It's evident with how they play and how they respond. I don't think you have to look much further than Dylan Cousins, probably one of the most more physical players on the Buffalo Sabres, someone that can handle himself. I think he doesn't handle himself more because I think he's, I think he feels like when you go into a battle, you want guys that you know have your back well who has your back here on this team there's so little um grit and toughness on this team that even the guys that are gritty like a Darlene and a guy like Dylan Cousins where now they're just kind of like like they're Dylan throwing Cousins, their hands up Dylan Cousins can't say what I'm about to say I wouldn't want to fight for this fucking team. I already broke my face once for this team in a in a game that we were getting our asses kicked. I don't want to yeah. fight for this fucking team. When is someone else going to get their face broken? Why do I got to get my face broken twice, three times? I know what that feels like. I know what it's like to have to go and fight for a guy that wouldn't have your back. I know what that's like. I know exactly what that's like. And you know what this, like we're talking about this right now, and you you mentioned that people are starting to see it. Um. It's been a long time because I think people generally have enjoyed watching um, in the NHL. I don't think we've enjoyed watching saber hockey, but we're talking about NHL. The players are 10 times more skilled. They're much faster. Um, the, 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 the pace of play is much more enjoyable to watch than what it was 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I, I can agree with that, but we were talking about this 10 years ago. I was talking about this seven years ago when we were on the instigators down downtown. Uh, we were talking about it, uh, when we started our podcast three years ago, 
Okay. We've been talking about this for a very long time because we've seen the same thing over and over and over again. This year, this year in particular, I believe is the first time that number one, I've not been called a meathead that number two, um, I I'm, I'm, told that I don't know what I'm talking about because uh, you played uh, fucking 30 years ago. Um, I played like that anymore. Craig quit living in the stone age. I don't hear that anymore. I don't hear that anymore. I actually believe even guys like Paul Hamilton, um, you know, there's media that are starting to see the same thing. Not that you want to change your team to a bunch of goons. Never mentioned that. I've never once mentioned go out and get a goon. Never mentioned I'm talking fighters. about get players that are going to play tough hockey. Now, is J.J. Paterka going to be a guy that's going to go out and be a tough hockey player? Is he going to be dropping the gloves? Is he going to drop his gloves for his teammates? No, there's certain players on your team that will never drop the gloves, and that's totally fine. Totally fine. I don't expect Jeff Skinner to go out there, even though he's the biggest rat on the ice. I love that. I would support that. As a teammate, I would be like, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep being a rat, man, and I will be there for you. But holy shit, man. Jeff Skinner's like, I don't know if I want to do this. Who's going to stick up for me? Because I can't stick up for myself because that's not who he is. That's not his style. But when you put an entire team together that will not do it, that's a problem. When you have defensemen on your back end, defensemen that are six four, six six, that are as soft as an 18-year-old, like, I, I shouldn't even say soft. Zach Benson has bigger balls than uh, our six-foot-four and six-foot-six defensemen on our back end. And if you can't identify, oh, we got all the skill in the world. We're going to outscore everyone. We're going to be the most skilled team in the league because we've acquired a thousand first round picks and we're going to be an all-star team. Well, guess what? You do have an all-star team because if you guys, if this team went to the all-star game, you guys would be one of the top in the league. This is not about going to get a fighter. This is about going to say get fighter. This is, about, fighter? this is about getting players like JT Miller. Did I say fighter? This is about going to trade to go and get a JT Miller type player that just plays a gritty high-end brand of hockey. Sometimes you just need a little bit of a change where you're, you're, you're changing an apple for an apple, not an apple for an orange, an apple for an apple, but it's a little bit different. That's, that's all I'm, that's all I'm talking about. We, we don't want to lose our skill. Skill is what's going to win hockey games in this league. Who doesn't love a great pregame meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special. Available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three-course prime rib dinner special. 50 bucks a purse at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Is this conversation overkill? Like, is it played out too much around here? Because nothing's going to be done with it about it. 
well, and, and, I'm, and, and the, the only thing I can say to people, and I, I hate to say this, so if there are people considering buying season tickets and they're on the fence, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit here and be an advocate for for people to to waste their money on on the Sabers right now. And it's and, and listen, it's not that they don't have talent, and that's an insult. That's a slap in the face to guys like Tage, guys like Tuck, guys like Darlene. And there are other players that that's a slap in the face to. Dylan Cousins, I think, works his ass off every night. But it's not about those players individually. Then they need to understand that. It's simply about it's it's about the team performing and what you're gonna get. And and I mean, I don't even know where the fuck I was going with that. But the point is that it's just it's a yeah, great point. It's frustration. It is frustration because let me ask you this question. Do you watch hockey outside of the Buffalo yes, I Sabres? Do. I do. So I you, so you watch hockey that is played in other buildings. Those teams play completely different brands of hockey. I mean, well, this I, is you. You just thank you for saying this, and I didn't want to tee you up, so you had to say that. I wanted to ask you a simple question: Do you watch? hockey outs because i watch every sabers game it, like out of the 82 games they play i would think that without question i am watching 70 to 75 of those games i was okay? gonna say 70 to 75 yeah and um i have watched it for 10 years 10 years okay so as a fan of the buffalo sabers i get to watch over and over and over and over the different regimes that have come in here to build a team, whether it was, you know, uh, Tim Murray that came in here and then it was Jason Bottrell and he wanted to build through his, you know, through the minor league team and all this kind of stuff. And then you have Kevin Adams comes in and takes over with Carmanos. And now all of a sudden they're trying to build something. And uh, over the course of uh, a decade, like a decade, like you could go back to 2013 when Rasmus Ristolainen was drafted eighth overall. Then you have a second round pick in um, Reinhardt and a second round pick in Eichel. And then it just went middle stat and it went on and on and on. And we have so many high end first round draft picks. We are, we've had the ability to watch this team somewhat try and grow the young players. Here's the thing. If you go and watch another team like the Philadelphia Flyers or the Vegas Golden Knights or any one of those teams, you're watching different hockey. And that's what's sad that the people that don't watch hockey besides the Sabres, they think this is normal. They think that this hockey is normal. They think that having somebody go and run your best player on your friggin' team, your franchise guy, and we have no gloves that are throwing off. We we don't we, we're not sending a message to the team that holy shit, you are not going to do that to our player. You have to wait. You have to wait a couple shifts. So our thirty-five-year-old guy turning 36 has to go and address it. People don't know what good hockey is. It's a lot of don't know what good hockey is. No, they don't know what good hockey is. They they've listened. They've seen talent. They can identify talent. 
and you see a guy six seven skates like Tage shoots the puck and passes and handles the puck like Tage Thompson does. I mean, you're you're excited to watch that player play every night, but the but the pieces and and everything else going on around them, there's no support. There's no support for your for your core guys. Not one piece yet. Not one piece. Not one piece of support. What do you mean by that? What do you mean, not one piece of support? Well, I think we could probably identify five forwards on this team that'll be here the next five to seven years. Yep. Without without any question. I bet you yep. could identify two to three, three defensemen that will be here for the next six plus years. Yes. Okay. Yep. Goaltending, I think there's hope. That they have their guy yeah. that will be here long term. So what is that? Where we're is that? Is, we're said, we're hoping. Well, the, hold on. Well, okay. That's good to go uh, into a season where you've missed the the playoff. Yeah, I know, I know, but I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Hope. We're not. We're not talking about so, goaltending just yet. That's a good way to look yet. at things. We're not talking about goaltending just yet. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So I said let's. I said five pieces up front. Let's just say six. So now you're seven forwards, short, because your thirteenth guy needs to be a bull. Okay, not some skilled guy that you're paying $2 million to because you need to fill your roster out, then eventually wave him and send him to the minors. Not that guy. That's not your guy. Then you, I, what did I say? So now you need three to four defensemen. That's 11 players. That is 11 players. How many players do you think Kevin Adams thinks that he needs? Two. And Three. and where would they where would they be? Top four where would those players be? Four defensemen? A top four. I thought four. you just said two. Oh, a top four. Sorry. Okay. A top four defensemen. Okay. Two to three forwards. So four. So four two players, to three, three forwards. forwards. Yep. And where do those forwards fit into this lineup? I don't uh I don't I mean your whole fourth line. Um uh, and then a third liner. You keeping uh you keeping um uh Robinson? If he makes the team. Makes like Robinson should Robinson would make my team. Okay. Like where in all fit, honesty. Where would he fit in your not, lineup? Uh he uh, maybe thirteenth forward. Okay, thirteen. Which well. I think he he'd be a great thirteenth forward. Okay. On a really Gergensen? deep team. Gergensen? I'm going to let him go and explore somewhere else. Okay. Not negatively, right? Didn't say negatively. You're, you I are literally, the, you've been the biggest Zemgus Gergensen fan for a number of years. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to and see I what he can do on a team that's already built. Like, I would love to see what Zemgus could do on a Vegas, on a Pittsburgh, on a on one of these teams, like even a Toronto. Yeah. Yes. Like, I think a Tampa Bay. Yes. I think Zemgus would be an outstanding player on one of those teams. So do I. So do I. It's hard to get the job done when you're Han Solo out there doing trying. Peyton to... Krebs. What do you do with him? He's the fourth line guy. Uh, I trade him. Okay. Boso. He'll ride off into the sunset. Okay. This would be this would be his last year with us. He played his thousandth game. Love what he's done, but I can't imagine even he would want to come back to this. But I can't speak for him. But carry yep. on. Okay. The last one that I'm going to mention to you, because everybody else is pretty much a fixture on the team, Benson, Greenway, and your top six forwards, which you already know who they are. 
Casey Middlestead, what do you do with him? I would trade him. Trade him. Because and people he, are going to be up in arms. That is not because I don't want him. It is not there you go. There you go. Explain yourself. Because I think that he can help get you pieces that you need. No, not not pieces. We don't Piece. need pieces. We have okay. so many goddamn pieces. They're falling out of our butt. I don't mean like young pieces, but I mean, if you could pick up a, you need third, a, line, a third line left winger and a bona fide fourth line centerman. You need you need a piece. You need to trade Casey Middlestat. And here's the thing. What I, I see in Casey. Kadri. Okay. Thompson, Cousins, Kadri. Your top three centermen. That is a nice start down the middle. Uh, it's outstanding. That's not nice. That's that's outstanding. Doesn't have um, the same. It has a much different ring to it than Thompson, Cousins, Middlestad. Yeah. My my biggest my biggest thing, and and I know that people we mentioned this on our show uh, last week, and there were some people that got back to us on Twitter, which I love giving their opinions and disagreeing maybe with what I said, um, because I had said that I, that's not the one that I would want. Right. Remember I said that? Yes. I'm not putting down. Let's that, not talk Boone Jenner though. Today we've talked a lot about. Yep, no, no, no. Okay. I'm, I'm, we're talking Caudry for a second here and just looking at him, you know, for the next couple years, three years, this would be a, this would be a massive win for, for the Sabres. But beyond that, it would be, um, you know, it wouldn't be great because when you're paying Nazem Kadri seven million when he's 36, 37, 38, I think is going to be tougher to deal with. It's my only concern is is the length of his deal. I think he would help us immediately with the way that he plays and his leadership and just being an older player in this league which I think this team desperately needs. So I'm not opposed to that situation. Um, but Casey but Middlestad's going saying. to get he, paid. Yeah, yeah, he is. And it, listen, just can't be here. Can't be here. Kevin, do you think you think Kevin Adams can, can – well, first of all, we talked about this the other day. Casey's kind of uh, – Sabres are more in the driver's seat right now because of the arbitration and the fact that he's still a restricted free agent. So there's no, there is no rush for them to sign him to a long-term deal. It's just for me, it's not Casey Middlestad. You think Kevin Adams can, you think Kevin Adams can give another guy just hand away another long-term deal? Gave one to Samuelson. Now let's be honest. Samuelson's not a, I'm not saying he has to this year, but he's not playing like a four plus million dollar defenseman right now. Uh, you've signed Darlene. You have signed Power. Mm -hmm. You signed Thompson. Mm -hmm. You signed Cousins. Yep. So That's I look enough. at so I look at you and the five players that you named. Is there a contract that you regret? Um, at the time, the power deal looked great, but I mean, right now he's doesn't. I'm look not. I'm not saying okay. that. Come on, like okay. the the kids, the kids still playing on on his entry level deal. He's still playing on a nine hundred thousand dollars salary. Okay, uh, like is there a twenty one years old? No, not, not not yet. There's no contract that I would say is is. They're all young. They're too young to say that the deals. Yeah, 
that the deals are are not like good Dylan signs. Cousins. I would that's, I would that's do why the exact same deal. It's not like he today. signed some unrestricted. It's not like he signed some unrestricted free agent and it's not working out. Yeah, it's like I mean he took a risk on young guys. So I mean it's kind of like yeah, well it'll take time. You know it's supposed to be prorated over time. So with three years into that deal, that's when we really want to be maximizing that value of the contract. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, but still would be nice if Tage had. I understand he was hurt more than a point a game. It'd be nice if Dylan Cousins had more goals than he did. Yeah. It'd be nice if Owen Power wasn't being criticized for his play so so harshly throughout this point of the season. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, do I wish those storylines were different for those players? Yes, I do. But they're not. So a lot of people talk about these long-term deals, Craig. They're like, oh, let's sign another guy to a long-term deal. Let's sign. Like, there's a lot of... The fans are pissed. I ran into a gentleman. Hold on. You got to hear this. This just popped up in my head. I ran into a gentleman. I went and I picked up Brody from school the other day on Friday. I think the man's name was, I think it was Mike. And he was a grandfather of one of the kids at school. He's 75 years old. He has been a fan of this team since 1970. He has um, been a season ticket holder for 20 years. And he is his, you know what his words were to me? His, the one word he used to describe his emotion toward the Buffalo Sabres. Disinterested. Disinterested. Now, that is about as tasteful of a slap in the face as you're going to get. Disinterested. Doesn't even want to watch. That's saying something, in my opinion. But anyway, I don't want to beat on this team any longer. We've just been beating them down. They lost one nothing to the Canucks, and that's what I was going to say. Is like ah, they only lost one nothing to the Canucks. Canucks are a good team. In fact, I want the Canucks to win the Cup this year. I I I don't have a problem with a one nothing loss because I watched the game and I thought that we we did some good things on the ice. I, I I can sit here and and tell you all some these little intricacies throughout the game that we watch and we pick up and the things that I really like in in the Sabers game. Okay, I thought that they they did some really nice things, but when your best player gets absolutely murdered, it gets overshadowed. And when you have a six foot six partner that's 220 pounds, literally jump into the fray and doesn't drop his gloves is a big problem for me. Do you understand? Oh, uh, yeah. Because yes, all these things that we're talking about, all these little things, they're, they're, they are parts of the game that he could alter the game. He could literally play his game. He could play the game with his glasses on. He doesn't even have to take them off. He could play the game with his glasses on. That's how uninvolved he is physically. And even in that fight last night, if you want to call it that, he still could have had his glasses on. This is hilarious. <laughs> oh I'd love God. to be able to call you an idiot and, and defend the kid, but you know what? The kid has been so soft. It has been like, it's been, it, it's not even like, I don't need him to go out and absolutely lay guys out. Like just the guy has his head down and he's going to do the Jacob Truba and just knock him into the next row. I don't need him to do that. 
but I need him to use his six foot six frame and that weapon that he has in his hands that he calls a stick. Sometimes you can use it as a weapon. You need to make people nervous when they come to the front of your net. There's a shot taken. I'm going to tell you right now, someone should get cross checks slashed and it sh- you should own that area. I'm going to tell you right now, he is soft as puppy shit in front of the net. And I don't think Marty Wilford or Donnie Granado are sitting down saying, this is big boy hockey, man. If we want to win hockey games, you need to be stronger in those areas. How are they, how are they teaching this kid? Because it's all about teaching, right? It's all about getting better. I thought there's a lot of video going on. That's Fuck the video. Fucking video. Oh, How about this? Watch, if I've you don't start to fucking play video. in front of the net and your goaltenders that are getting abused right now, you're not going to play. That's what I would say. Have all the skill in the world, kid. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is the best league in the world. And if you don't have the eye of the tiger and a little bit of a killer instinct, then go play in the all-star game. No one sees a, no one looks at this. No one's intimidated by the fact that he's a number one overall pick. Gives a shit. About no one gives a shit pick. about that in the NHL. When, when it comes down, he's to almost it, more of a target because he's the number one overall, overall pick. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when they know that the number one pick overall is six, six two twenty, and scared, Makes for an easy player to play against. Terry Ryan, 47 years old, played a game two nights ago. Was it last night or two nights ago for the the Newfoundland Growlers in the East Coast Hockey League? I I, I played with Terry. He was uh, the eighth overall draft pick to the Montreal Canadiens back in 19. 1994, I think it was. I think it was 1994, but he was drafted eighth overall to the Montreal Canadiens. Played, played a played a number of years in the in the NHL. Um, not a, not a real long time, but but enough. Played a lot of uh, of you know time in the American Hockey League and all that kind of stuff. But uh, at the age of 47, he's from Newfoundland. He is he is a massive massive name in Newfoundland and uh, there's an East coast hockey league came out there and he dressed and played in a game and actually got in a fight. 47 years old. This is an unbelievable story. His interview after the game, I thought was absolutely awesome. Um, You know, talking about having his daughter in the crowd and, uh, you know, playing a game for her and hasn't seen her, had never seen him play pro and things. And this is a guy that I think, I think he wears his career pretty heavily on his, on his heart. You know, I feel like uh, there's a, you know, he's a first round pick, maybe seventh or eighth overall, played seven or eight games in the league. And, um, you know, I feel like he is obviously very proud of what he's accomplished, but at the same time, I feel as though, he also feels like a complete letdown, you know, and, and, and jokes in his, about in his career. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, going back to his career, 
you know, he, he played his, so he's from uh, Newfoundland, which is the farthest East in, in Canada. Um, he played in the Western hockey league. I think he played for Swift current Broncos, if I'm not mistaken. And he scored 50 goals one season, I think 55, another, he, he put up massive numbers. He is a very tough customer. He was, he was that power forward that every single team in the NHL wanted back at, in that time. Um, but I think Terry would be the first one to say once he got to the NHL and they brought him up, they brought him up really early. They brought him up when he was 18 years old and he had absolutely no business being in the NHL. Like, I mean, zero, I think it was 19 when they brought him up and they played him in the NHL, which is like, everybody was like, what is this kid doing here? He, he couldn't keep to the pace of, of, uh, of the game, but he was as tough as they came. He was not a big guy. He was not a big physical presence. He was a smaller, when I say smaller, like he was, he was probably six foot one, but he, he was a smaller in stature to the guys that he was fighting. Um, balls, uh, biggest balls I've ever seen probably out of anybody that I've ever played with. Um, tough as nails, but, uh, he didn't play a long time because he, he got caught in, in a situation where, you know, he's drafted eighth overall and they didn't play him like he was eighth overall. They played him like he was just a, like a plug, like you're not going to play. You're just going to fight. And he wasn't big enough to to last that long in the league because the guys back then were just so, so big, so dangerous. Um, well, he was my first fight. I mean, he like let's be honest. Uh, that's crazy. That's like crazy I, to think that. Why? Because like I he think sh- he, you he should be have been beating fighting. the wheels off him. You, there's no way that he should have been fighting you. No, I did well. I did well. Thanks. It's like me beating up uh, my little brother. Like I was 18. You, like, I think he was 20 or 21. And you still outweighed him by 50 pounds. No, guaranteed. I don't think so. I don't think so. I was, just, I was, uh, I might've been like 195, 200 pounds, 6'4", 200 at 18. Really? Yeah, I was skinny. So where did you fight? Kid. Where where would you have fought him? Rookie camp. He had to really? go to prospect camp in Kitchener after his first year of the American League. How about okay. that? So he and Miguel Delisle are flying around out there without helmets and warm up, and we got all yeah. these rookie dicks, uh, you know, from junior wheeling around. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, so you know, obviously knew who he was and went right after him. So yeah, um, we've joked about it. We've laughed about it. We've actually talked about it. He said he'd come on our show, um, messaged him after that whole thing, and I was just kind of like, man, that's absolutely incredible. He's like, wild night. He's just a wild night. So um said he'd come on. We can now, chat Now, d- does he, he plan on playing No, I think that was a one and done. Did you, did you not hear how it came about? He was at the no. bar. He was at the bar, and I think they needed a body, and I think they needed a player, Um, and he was at the bar hanging out with the boys. I think it was his birthday. And I think the guy's like, hey, can you play tomorrow night or whatever or something? And he's like, really? Are you serious? And he's, you know, because he's in pretty good shape. He plays in that National Ball Hockey League or whatever. Yes. He's 
He's played for Team Canada ball hockey. I mean, he he still skates. He's got a body like he's twenty. Uh, I don't know about that. He's pretty strong. Like he's shape, forty-seven. No question. But he doesn't have a body like he's twenty. I'll definitely say that. So, um, anyway, so the point is, is that he he just he he got he he went out and he played, and he ended up fighting. He didn't go looking for that fight. He ended up fighting because I think one his one teammate got run over in the middle of the ice, so he chased him down. He chased him down and he went after the guy that ran over his teammate at the blue line. Yeah. So anyway, his interview after was awesome. Well, good for him. Good he's for a him. Very emotional guy. That's what I like about him is that for as yeah. tough as he is, and he's just so real. He's great so real. family guy. Great family guy. Loves his dad. His dad, uh, Terry Sr. is just uh he he was a guy who played some pro hockey in his own right and has lots of stories to tell. And he's like that. He's like that beauty. He's like the, the, the old guy that loves to tell the stories to the young, uh, to the young bucks. And, you know, do you know why I love, hanging you know, out Terry's like- mother, man, she has to be an absolute saint. She has to be one of the, she has to be a saint to deal with, uh, Terry you- senior and Terry junior and all the antics that they've, uh, that the they've done over the year. He confirmed it. When we had him on, we had him on uh, when we were doing the live the live show. And I asked him about, because my brother went to a prospect camp with him. Okay? So my brother, he and my brother know each other pretty well, or knew each other pretty well. My brother told me this. He said, this guy goes to the bar with his hockey card in his pocket. He'd pull the hockey card out and be like, hey, you want to see, see my hockey card? And he'd show it to a girl or something like that. It'd be him playing for the Montreal Canadiens or drafted or something. I don't know what hockey card it was, but guy used to carry his own hockey card. So he'll come on the show this week with us, he said, to talk yeah, about his beauty. But that'll be it for today for After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close.